Hello, everybody. This is Dean. I just want to drop in here real quick because we had a bit of an issue with this particular episode. I believe my lovely co-host, Josh, may have recorded his audio with his computer microphone by accident and not his main microphone. Um, Before we got on to record, he had a system update and what I think happened is I think Skype probably reset his settings back to default without his knowledge. And consequently, it probably went to his default computer mic and not the mic that he had plugged in. So it's going to sound a little bit like those other podcasts where you have a guy calling in on Skype and it sounds like he's talking in a room that's got echoes in it. So I apologize for that. Obviously, Josh didn't mean to do this. Um, But I just wanted to give a quick explanation because there will be a noticeable difference in sound quality. Thankfully, it's on an episode nobody gives a shit about. So there's that. All right. So without further ado, let me shut my mouth and let's get to the episode. Welcome back to the X-Files podcast by LSG Media. I'm Dean. I'm Josh. And on this week's episode, we bring you Season 1, Episode 9, titled Space. All right. Well, let's come in hot, real hot. Real hot, real heavy. Hot and fresh. (laughs) There's a star man waiting in the sky. (laughs) He's ready to suck your brains dry. (laughs) (laughs) There's a star man waiting in the sky. He'd like to write a plot that was just a little better. Just a little better. Because he's not going to blow our mind. Sorry. I don't know what my fucking problem is. But that should be the start of this episode because here we go. We're talking space. The great coast, coast. Yeah. <laughs> Knifing around. Cut, 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 cut. You remember that episode? <laughs> we had the fucking scissors. Space Ghost rules. Space Ghost, better than this episode, actually. Hey, this is not good, is it? It's Dude, not I, good. I really struggled. <laughs> three. I, is... It took me three. I, three times at the plate, you know? My first up, it was a kind of a fastball. I was asleep. <laughs> then, then it threw a little off speed, and I went down swinging again. And then the third time, I got on base. I don't think I reached home, but you definitely didn't reach home. But I definitely got on base, which is fine. But I think you came up, you moved me over to third with a nice hit to right. Um, but this is definitely a you a hundred like tw- like one of those twenty seven runners left. This is like a runner on second and third with no outs, <laughs> and somehow you don't fucking score a run. Because- Two, 2003 Red Sox is what that is. <laughs> right. yes. Runners in scoring position. But if I told you, Dean, let's not bury the lead here. I don't know Oof. where we're coming in live action in this episode, but... Who knows? If I told you, okay, we got an X-Files episode. It's about a... Do we? A, a fantastic Are you present. sure we have one? <laughs> I don't think we do. A fantastic presence <laughs> in space. You got NASA. You have a conspiracy that dates back to the Challenger disaster and possibly even beyond to the Gemini program. 
You have a a astronaut who's now in a a senior leadership position who has been been the at the forefront of this personal experience who is now spinning this web unknowingly. That sounds pretty interesting, doesn't it? Oh yeah. Yeah. I thought that's what the writers might say. Yeah, I don't know what happened, dude. Well I felt like was I watching Mulder and Scully just sheer at successful re-entries into <laughs> what what are they doing? What do they do? What is this episode about? I need help. That's a good question. Um this episode, Space, season one, episode nine, is in the consideration in the Zeitgeist, if you look online. Okay. Th- those people? Those people. Those people, Dean? Yeah. Could be one of the worst X Files episodes of all time. It's pretty bad, man. It's and real bad. I think, well, maybe we don't want to agree, but I'm going to say of the nine we have in the feed right now, well, let's let's go ahead and omit season 10 and 11. Right. It's the worst of the first season so far for me. For sure. Yeah, huh? Because, I mean... <laughs> Dude, it's so bad. It's bad. It's really bad. It's shockingly bad. It's shockingly bad in every way. Like, mm-hmm. not just special effects, because, like, you can give... My stock footage bullshit. Oh, you mean the dumb face. <laughs> dumb face. The fucking dumb face. Face, <laughs> face on face. Um, not just the special effects, but, like, everything. The storyline... The characters, like, you have Ed Lauder, who's kind of a guy. He's, He's good. He yeah. died a couple of years ago, man. Did you know that? Uh, well, was it from a massive aneurysm? I think it was probably because he went back and rewatched this one day. <laughs> and, like, he's unresponsive. And that was just playing in the, that was playing in the background, that, that episode. That's fucking, that's fucked up. The best thing that happened so far with this episode was you playing Starman. Yes. By David Bowie. Yes. Yes. So uh, let's just mention that. These episodes are recorded live. If you didn't know that. <laughs> they are. Check out the Facebook group and uh, you will get dropped into uh, our live recording schedule, which is normally on Thursdays at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And by 10 p.m. we mean 10.15 because that's how we roll. And it's usually every other Thursday. Usually every other. Correct. Outside We're- of scheduling mishaps. Yeah, we're going back to back. But um, this is not a good episode. Sadly, it is not. And I think it's uh, it's important that we just... Uh, this is one of those, you know, it's... <laughs> you gotta, you, you know, you, you know, you got that kind of day at work. You're like, all right. The good news is that it's only the day and it can't last forever. So <laughs> let's, let's plow on. Let's just get the work done, right? You know, it's very odd for us experience wise is that you know if you're if you're just listening to these in the feed in order you know if you're coming into this a little bit later you're going to listen to um every episode in order and then you heard ice Mm. which obviously is one of the greatest possibly my favorite episode of all time it's in the running yeah and uh then you'll hear this one but (laughs) what actually happened in real time, is that we recorded uh, Ghost in the Machine. And then the next week, we recorded this right now because Ice was pre-recorded. 
That's right. So we're coming back to back real hot with a couple of uh, couple of clunkers. Couple, couple, uh, <laughs> couple, couple of can't get rights. A couple of one-two clunkers. Couple of but, uh, needs help. Yeah, not good, man. Bad news. But let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the opening. The Viking Observer spacecraft photos that have created something of a stir. Mm. The man on the moon. Man on the moon. And this isn't a bad intro. Nope. As far as intros go, like. This, it's su- totally sufficient. It serves its purpose. It kind of, kind of keys you into something maybe a little bit more interesting, right? Mm-hmm. There's yeah. uh, NASA celebrating. We have these first pictures from Mars, but they're denied as an alien civilization. Just so you know, let's not get crazy. <laughs> exactly, which is even more interesting. We're denying uh, obviously pre-existing conspiracy that Mulder will believe in, mm-hmm. um, and. There's uh there's there may be water on Mars, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Mm-hmm. And they're downplaying downplaying this face. The uh, yeah, the, they, he does the dad joke. The only sculptors at work are the three hundred mile per hour winds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Colonel Marcus Aurelius Belt. Okay. <laughs> That's his name. Yeah. Okay. So you name your child Marcus mm-hmm. Aurelius Belt. Yeah, there was a guy named Marcus Aurelius. I think. I think he was a pretty, pretty big, a pretty big deal with Rome. I guess. Yeah, but like back in the day. What I'm saying is, if you name your son Marcus Aurelius anything, mm-hmm. you must have some grand designs for that child, because God forbid that guy turns out to just be one of us, just a regular person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't. He wasn't an emperor for twenty years or whatever. <laughs> oh yeah, no. I just, I just manage a. Oh shit. Just manage a Starbucks, Marcus Aurelius Belt. Well, at least you're Starbucks manager. At least you can't get right. Son isn't going to strangle you to death. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that actually happened. I think that's creative liberty there with old Marcus Aurelius. I don't think he got murdered by communists, but no. not a Roman history major. Drink. <laughs> but yeah this is our lead-in there's this weird stuff going in we have this stuff going on mars uh this face is denied by our beautiful colonel belt and uh this mission control scene comes up pretty right, right into some stock footage of space shuttles going up yeah do you know go ahead roger that old vcc verify port setup to zero i got uh i got some facts from uh, Mr. Ben Prue and uh, anonymous listener Foxy and Skulls. Regarding the mission control stuff? Regarding this episode in general. Oh, go for it. Dean. Yes. If you watch this episode, all right, there's 24 episodes in season one, okay? Yes. How much, um, if you had to rank where the budget fell on this episode in comparison Oof. So think about you got ice, you got fallen angel that we're covering next uh, next episode. You got beyond the sea. You got mm-hmm. EBE. You got darkness falls. You have variety in you know, the, the old pilot. A lot of different sets. A lot of different things. Where do you think this episode fell in terms of budget against the rest of the season? Correct. It, I mean, a, a much much less. 
the highest. Really? Because they paid for, oh, oh, I read this. They had to build the fucking set, the mission control set, didn't they? Mission control set. That's right. This episode had the highest, went over budget, was the highest budget of season one. Hmm, that's, that's, um, that's good. <laughs> it's a bummer. That's a, yeah, was a. Yeah, it's a bummer. So much for. <laughs> well, that's not good. That's not. Do good you want to hear some? But you know, spoiler alert, it turned out fine. Yeah, it, I guess it did. Um, I have some um, pretty interesting trivia myself here. Oh, fire it back to me. On um, on the lady of of the hour, this this woman here, um, the lead. What's her, what's the character's name again? Michelle Gennaro. Gennaro. Right. Gen- right? Gennaro? There's two. I think so. <laughs> I, I keep thinking Die Hard. Yes, yes. <laughs> Gennaro. Holly Gennaro. Holly Gennaro. What the fuck is this? Gennaro. Gennaro. Susanna Thompson, a handsome woman. She is, um, she is in Star Trek. Uh, she's in Star Trek. She's in Star Trek Pantheon. She's a big deal in Star Trek. Because she played Dr. Lenara Khan, and she had a pretty hot makeout session with Lieutenant Jadzia Dax. Really? Yep. Because it was a they are trill, and she was joined, and they it was like a lover from her past in a woman's body. Pretty uh, pretty progressive for ninety five, bro. That's uh, yeah, that's yep. It's uh, I didn't. I was like, why does she look so familiar? Sadly, I didn't remember. I did have to Google her, and then I went, "Holy fuck, that's that chick from Star Trek: Deep Space Nine that played a trill." Yep, it's in the episode titled "Rejoined." So there you go. I think uh, I think Sen Tamulus is in the chat. He'll appreciate that trivia. Yeah, I think he will. Uh, oh, Miss Peacock too. Then she will also appreciate that. Look at this. The whole family's here. This is really quaint. <laughs> <laughs> So I mean, this is a this is a good setup, though. For sure, yeah. There's there's things going on. I'm here, batting my blue eyes at you. I need help, right? Once yeah. we get past the space shuttle launch, what is she saying? Hey, I'm going to be honest with you. Real minimum notes on this one. <laughs> how, many went, how many pages? How many bullets would be better to say? About <laughs> five. <laughs> <laughs> I went back old school. I'm still printed out notes. I like it. Printed out. Hear that? Despite the piece of shit printer that you own, you're asking for a fucking stroke. <laughs> Between your fucking Windows updates and printer failures, it's going to be like office space back there. You know I'm no friend of technology, and technology is no friend of me. It's true. But, um, yeah, we have this whole setup, and then uh, Mulder and Scully kind of get tied in after the, after the credits, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're sitting on these steps, these anonymous steps in DC where important people meet surreptitiously. Cause that's yeah, what, up, that, apparently that's what happens in the X-Files. So they're talking about NASA and Scully is, um, Scully is a big, old, hey. big old wet fucking pile of news. <laughs> what is her problem today? Dude, terrible writing for Scully in this episode. God does nothing. She believes nothing. She contributes almost nothing. Also, kind of a douche wagon. <laughs> yeah, I, dude. How often do we? Co- go, how often do we unleash the hounds on Scully? That'd be zero times so far. Almost never. And almost now, never. 
even now I can't unleash it on her. I'm unleashing it on the writers. You, you kind of have to, right? Because all they have for her to do in this episode is be like the fucking <laughs> wet woolen blanket to Mulder's Boy Scout enthusiasm about the space program. Or anything. Dude, What? what is, who is she? She says to him at one point, doesn't she? Doesn't she say, huh, guess you don't know your hero after all. <laughs> like, <laughs> damn, dude. He just got his heart ripped out by his fucking boyhood hero. He has posters of this jag off on his wall. And she's like, huh, well, mm. that sucks, huh? Mm. Mm. Well, yeah. That's a mean girl shit. Wasn't quite what you thought of you, would it? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Why the fuck is my, uh, my, my thing's beeping? Let me kill that. There we go. That won't be on. Bitch hates space. Hates space. Hates space. But, um. Sabotage. What we have here, yeah. Anonymous news. Sabotage. Mulder received this, uh, x-ray of a piece of equipment off, off a shuttle. Yes. The space shuttle. Fuselage or something? What was it? Uh, I don't, I don't. Doesn't matter. It's valve or something. It's faulty. It's faulty. They received it recently. There was a, uh, abort. Obviously that, that's what we saw in the pre credit. (laughs) The motherfucker. Credit sequence. Um, was this near, near launch scenario that resulted in abort with seconds to spare. And uh, Mulder is holding in his hands the evidence of perhaps why that failure happened, but it was received from an anonymous source. Yes. That's who they're supposed to meet. And who shows up here? Your girl. Yes. The Trill. The Trill. Yeah. I don't know her name. <laughs> it's uh, Michelle Gennaru. Gennaru. I think that's how, I think that's the, uh, I think that's your speed of speech here. I think that's your accents. Gennaru. Uh, so she shows up and she says, Hey, um, we're concerned about a saboteur inside. Sabotage. In the olden days, the Dutch would. Nice, nice, nice. (laughs) Their sabots. Hence. Sabotage. Nice. Mm. Star Trek six bitches. Um, but that's, uh, Double Star Trek references. In, that's in, her. That's her input. She says, "If if the shuttle launched, it would have blown up." Yes. So fucking dead astronauts. Um, <clears throat> she she said she received it anonymously. Um, it's impossible to cause that kind of scoring, according to what because she, of the heat. Right. It would require launch pad type of heat. Right. So so any kind of. Any kind of shenanigans would be impossible to not be detected. But she doesn't know where this came from. Um, she doesn't know why it happened. But she believes there's a scepter inside of NASA. And she admits to a little bit of a personal matter here, right? Yep. Her husband's on the on the plane. The, is the mission commander. Yeah. He's on the thing. Right. He's in the tube. <laughs> in the he's, tube. he's on the rocket thing. Five by five, ready to rock. So that gets you a uh, golf cart ride. And yeah, it does. Um, well, well, let's talk about, they start kicking around. What, what could motivate, right? What, what are we doing here, Josh? We're doing, we're doing criminology. We're doing a profile. We're trying to mock up what is known as a motive. Perhaps you've heard of it. 
Mm. We're trying to decide why. Perhaps we can get into the mind of this criminal and figure out what would cause somebody to want to sabotage terrorists. Uh, is one of Mulder's answers. I mean, American progress and prosperity. Space is a big thing. You want to smash it. Or maybe you're an opponent of big science, right? Well, NASA's uh, a money trench, and uh, perhaps they're not down with all that jazz. Those are, you know, those are not terrible ideas you're putting out mm. there. Mm. But fortunately, oh. you have the profiler who caught Monty Props. And he's, Telling you? He's going to tell you. <laughs> that big people out there know that the aliens are out there and they don't want you to know about them that's right could be the one evidence of what alien civilizations alien civilizations yeah that's what he says is uh this overarching conspiracy that he kind of alludes to it's not necessarily referenced back to for the rest of the episode I will say this, if you're trying to track what the space ghost motivations are, you can start here, but I don't know where the fuck you're going to end up. Me neither. Because it doesn't make any sense. You're not going to end up anywhere. It doesn't make any sense. Right. You could say, oh, he found a, you know, he found a Martian civilization and, and, uh, you know, they told him everything he knows is bullshit and he wants to protect America, America, the world from the fallout of being told everything they think they know is false. Something big like that, right? Yeah, let's not bury the lead. Let's just talk about it as we go through. So, spoiler alert, there's a space ghost, okay? Coast to coast, baby. It's going to take possession of Colonel Belt. You know that one, Marcus Aurelius Belt? I've heard of him, Emperor of Space. Yeah, Gemini 7, the second emperor of the Roman Republic. Also almost died, had to make an emergency landing with his steely eyes. I have a giant, yes. I'll be dead long before you were born, and I'll be dead long before you'll be dead. So what is the alien motivation? As we talk through this, okay, let's not, I mean, we're going to kind of confuse people, but let's try to keep aware of our our antagonist motivation as we move through this, Dean. So you are the space ghost. Great. That's an impossible role. Well, I'm calling my agent. Just imagine your face mashed onto mine, making weird moany kind of gestures. Okay. Not mashed. Not mashed against yours, making weird moany. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Okay, that's a different thing. Different thing. Got it. So that's your inspiration. Your inspiration is angst. So I'm kind of like a teenage ghost. Um, you know, I just figured out jerking off and stuff, and I'm and I'm kind of. I want to. I want my own personality. I want to get out from under my parents' ghost roof. Is what you're telling me? Sure, of course. I want to get out. Um, I want to make a name for myself. You unfortunately just blasted yourself into this this little human. It's a it's an ape descendant. Um, so he's some sort of mammalian creature. Yeah, yeah. He got up out of his uh, planet, and you just sort of mashed yourself into him. And you're kind of stuck in him. Mm-hmm. So you're stuck in him, but what you want, I think your motivation is to not let him or the other ape descendants know that you exist. So that's your motivation. Okay. Great. And so the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to blow up the challenger. Okay. Good start. Does that, I mean, that seems surreptitious and subtle. Not bad. Not bad. True story. Saw that live. 
Did you really? In school, dude. It was fucking intense, man. Really? Yep, I was 10. No shit. In school, they wheeled, they had these big carts that they'd put these big shitty TVs on and they'd push them, they'd wheel them in. And they had everybody gathered and they wheeled these fucking TVs in and they want all the kids to see it. It was a real big fucking deal. I must have been at DeMello School in Dartmouth, Massachusetts. And um, we were sitting there and we were like, the thing goes up and then it fucking blows up. And like the thing, one skits left and one skits right. It splits like that. And I was like, wow, that's weird. Like I didn't understand it. And some kids did. I didn't right away. And dude, teachers lost their fucking minds. Because it was that's right. Danny just reminded me in the chat. There was a teacher going into space. Yeah. And um, that's why it was such a big deal. Yeah. And it was just a big, big deal back then. Huge fucking deal. And um, fucking. What was it, dude, 86? Right? Yeah. I think. Yeah, bad year. That was the year um, the Bears smashed the fucking Patriots too, like forty six to three. But not quite as. <laughs> You're a piece of shit. <laughs> oh my god! That was Billy Buckner too, bro. Come on, I'll kill fucking ten more astronauts for neither one of those to happen. <laughs> oh man! No, but uh, but dude, and then I remember teachers just started bawling like right there in the in the gymnasium or cafeteria wherever we were i don't remember it was it was nuts and and i and then i could start and then you know when you're a 10 year old kid you start unless you're a sociopath you start feeling these you start empathizing and you're like why is this happening why are people why are people reacting like this all around me right now and then it dawned on me that the spatial just blew up and everyone in it was a fireball yeah and that's when all my dreams died. <laughs> well, so, at least, at least they nipped in the butt early. Yeah, I mean, Danny it's Fox good. Says eighty-seven. Oh, it's that's when it happened. Uh, yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. But eighty-six, eighty-seven, close enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we don't know that yet. But what we do, what we do know is that Mulder and Scully have their conspiracy theory. And Jan- January Scully, of January of eighty-six. I mean. Mulder. Yep. It's 86, just to confirm. January... 86? Not yet. January 28th. Okay. Daniel Falch, you're wrong. And uh, so that's what Mulder is proposing. Okay? Yeah. Is that uh, alien life forms essentially don't... There's a, there's a theory that they don't want you to know they exist. So we'll just, we'll just kind of... Of course Mulder's going that route. Put that out there. Stick a pin in it, though. We'll come back to it. Scully must be thinking, why am I here? She's for sure thinking that. I mean, and Jillian Anderson's thinking that, too, I think. Yeah, because the writers have given her uh, nothing to do. Zippo. 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 Um, but they, they're going to go meet Colonel Belt. I Boy. Do, I think my favorite part, I mean... I don't even think my favorite part of this, this episode is Mulder's hero worship about this. It's adorable. My favorite part is that wall behind, um, louder. The, um, space wall. Speaking of middle school, the, the space (laughs) background for your class photo. Dude. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. The one that was like a little bit more pricey that like, I could never get my parents to buy that. Mm -hmm. Well, you're thanking them now. (laughs) Right. They had the foresight for you not to be taking a picture in front of a space wall. 
But I had to go for that, like the bargain, like that blue, like kind of washed out blue. Yeah, it was, it, but it had like a texture to it, so it wasn't yeah, flat. It yeah. was like textured blue, but like you could get like the space one, but it was like way more expensive. Right. Right. There's a few of them. So uh, Colonel Belt's got the old space background behind his desk, and mm-hmm. Mulder's enthusiasm in this meeting is adorbs. Yeah. Totes adorbs. But I'll tell you what, Scully's not having it. She wants, she's suggesting they delay this until a full investigation can happen because um, she thinks it's smart. Why, why risk it? And he says, well, there's a payload to be delivered. Yeah. And, and also like, it's not just that, like, I mean, his, his, his response to that is actually, it's better than what I'm saying. Right. Because he, he gives you all the hundreds of reasons why, how all these people, there's no way, there's a saboteur in this place based on security, based on all the technology that we have and shit like that. There's like dozens of people at every stage of it. Everybody is like super tied in this program. There's no way one person could ever have that kind of impact on these things. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a fair response. Sure. It's not unreasonable. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not like his response is like way out there, like immediately triggering bells. If we weren't watching X-Files, it would be a very reasonable response, right? (laughs) (laughs) If that were not the case. But we are watching X-Files. Well, Mulder gets his dream. He gets to watch it. He gets access. Do you you think we can watch from Mission Control? (laughs) Colonel Belt is kind of douchey to, to Mulder, though, isn't he? He really is. Yeah. And Mulder is not even, like, dissuaded by it, though. Nope. He uh, he's just bright eyed and bushy tailed, but it makes sense though, right? Like Mulder would be like this enthused by, you know, like he's such a, you know, he's such an emotional spirit, and like you know, you talk about the things he's passionate about. It, it just totally makes sense that he was so fucking fired up. Like think about the age of Mulder. Of course. You know he he grew up watching early space programs, and he was probably like. He he was another ten years older than you, right? So he he's watching Challenger in his twenties. So sure, he was watching the Gemini program when he was that young, impressionable, like twelve year old kid. He was watching this guy make his right. Didn't he mention he saw him? Yeah, or, but like yeah, doing yeah. doing shit that's like had never been done before. I mean, you got to right. like keep that in context. Like Mulder is Mulder is watching a hero in his mind like in the truest sense of of the word to him like somebody that has has you know breached a wall that has never been breached before this isn't the you know our our modern day like yeah dudes going to space like Mulder is coming up in an age where like yeah it's after Apollo but it's still like every step of the way is like a new an unbroken door sure that's his childhood, and that's cool. It's it's awesome to watch his excitement. Dean, I'm trying to find a positive aspect. <laughs> <laughs> this episode. Yeah, he's excited about spaceships. His enthusiasm is great. It's cute. It's wonderful. It is. I nobody can take that away from Mulder. He's blowing his fucking load, dude. When he's in Mission Control, I half expected his dick to be out. Really? Yeah, a little bit. Set's a little expensive, though, as well, we know. Yeah. It's a little much for that. Yeah, Chris Carter busted his nut, so he's like... It's frowned upon, too, I guess. But, I don't know, NASA's policies, really. <laughs> I, K- 
can't say for certain. Yeah. So uh, they do their little launch. Everything goes well. They give the thumbs up. Uh, we see Michelle, right? She mm-hmm. gives the thumbs up up to up to Mulder, who gives like the dorkiest thumbs up ever. Like, yeah. I, ha- I have I have a side question. Sure. So they're launching from Cape Canaveral, correct? If you're asking about how this works, Houston, right? Yeah, there there's a launch control and there's a mission control, and right. they, just, they just smash them together for this episode. Okay, I thought so. Yeah. I was wondering because I know Apollo thirteen I was think, Houston, right? I'm not positive about that, but from from what I know, my very limited knowledge of the space program is that the guys that actually control the launch are not the guys at mission control, which is back in Houston. Okay. I know because I know they have. Yeah, I I, I couldn't tell you. Hmm. <laughs> well, we are as. Ooh, why do astronauts say Houston instead of NASA while communicating back to Earth Control Center from space? What's the backstory? The even farther backstory say why is it Houston instead of Canaveral or Hoboken? The race to the moon. Oh, fuck this. Way too long. Yeah, basically, they go look launch, it up. They launch from Canaveral because that's the best launch point. You nice want. and flat. <laughs> flat you want water within like 50 miles of either side in yep. case you have to ditch and you literally like by design you ditch a lot of that shit especially like the space shuttle right you have booster rockets that are designed to fall burn away. out and fall yep. to the ocean um why mission control is in houston i don't really know but hmm. but it doesn't is. matter it is, but, yes. <laughs> but he's gonna, he's gonna, they're going, they're going. He got his ticket, his golden ticket. <clears throat> well, I hope he does our family proud. So episode pretty much over. They yeah. launch everything. Good. Thumbs up. Everything's great. They're back at the hotel and Mulder's Mulder and Scully and Scully's literally like, all right, Mulder. So you got it. And Mulder's like, wasn't that great though? Like he's pretty much saying like, this was my bucket list to see, uh, to see a space launch. Yep. You know, of course it would be. That's fine. <sighs> Michelle shows up. She does. She got some, she got a phone call or something, right? Yeah. This is where I, one of my bullets. Communication, something going on. Phone call 20 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> so the scenario is that something went wrong and instead of trying to deal with it, she drove <laughs> to find the FBI agents that she... She's really, really concerned that there's fuckery afoot. She trusts nobody there. I guess so. With sensitive information, I mean. I guess that has to be it. It has to be it. And, and that's fine. Yeah. All right. So she she goes back and she finds them. She drives however the fuck long. She finds them. She gets back there and she's like, follow me. Yep. And Scully, by the way, when she shows up, Scully's giving Mulder shit about uh, the excitement level that he has. It's like pony. It's like getting a pony or something, right? She's she's on this kick. Oh, breaking, yeah. Breaking his balls about his space obsession. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, they follow her back, and uh, she has a little fog episode. She sure does. Um, mm-hmm. Flips her car over, goes to work anyway. You know, they don't make them like they used to. <laughs> if you're in a rollover, you get the day off. Yeah, there's uh, there's some <clears throat> inconsistent writing because she's uh, she's awful, like just kind of flighty and 
just I, I mean this whole this whole car crash scene like she rolls her car right because she mm-hmm. sees this space, space ghost so what's the space ghost's motivation here dude fucking no <laughs> nobody does <laughs> if you knew i'd be very suspicious so all right so we didn't even mention it the space ghost has already been revealed mm-hmm. the audience has seen the space ghost with colonel belt okay but it doesn't even matter like not from the audience perspective the space ghost motivation is to ruin the space program but not overtly mm-hmm. right i guess sure it's like the op- it's very limited in power it's like the ghost. opposite of the first directive right <laughs> it's like <laughs> you want to prevent these people from uh interstellar travel and from having any contact with other beings but to do so without their own awareness that we're making it fail sure is that the opposite of the first directive <laughs> the front the prime directive as it were Prime directive. It's pretty. Pr- prime directive is. It's, it's close. It's basically saying you are not supposed to interfere in the development of a non-space-faring um, world. And by non-space-faring, they mean you have yet to discover warp drive. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Once you discover warp drive, that changes kind of everything in what you can harness power-wise. From phasers to transporters, et cetera. But if even if you have satellites in in in, in rockets like the like Earth twenty eighteen, you would you would not want to interfere in that development. You right. they are not there yet. Do not um, right, which is interesting because that's you know in the in the canon of Star Trek, that's when the Vulcans find Earth when it goes to warp. But there's some theories like oh maybe they just waited till they. They discovered and they always knew they were there. But anyway, it doesn't matter. So yes, it's sort of close to the opposite of that. Okay. You really showed me up there, buddy. No, it's just the prime directive. I'm a Star Trek nerd. What do you want me to tell you? <laughs> so, You're doing great in this episode, though, by the way. So I appreciate you. Um, I appreciate you kind of carrying the narrative because I'm going to be honest with you. Real light on the notes here, pal. Well, I'm not going to lie to you. It's hard to carry this narrative because the narrative doesn't do a great job carrying itself. It's yeah, it's 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 sand, baby. It's no matter how hard you grasp, it slips <laughs> through your fingers, man. <laughs> yeah. So, because here's what happens: Michelle rolls her car because she sees a space ghost in the fog. <laughs> and I wish they would have just dropped random. Scully, by the way, Doctor Scully runs up to her and is like, "Yeah, go ahead and pull yourself out of there." Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, don't worry about stabilizing your neck or anything after that rollover. <laughs> nah, you're fine. You're good. Call a doctor. Wait a second. Um, yeah. I am a doctor. Babe, hey, fucking throw on your chest. Put your head back. Spit on it. You're fine. That's- it's a rollover. It's not you <laughs> stub your toe, you know? That's Scully's advice. You're good. You're good. Yeah. Very, very brave. What if she just halfway through this thing just turned blue and fell over and died from like internal hemorrhaging? Uh, yeah, probably she should, because probably an <laughs> injury from that fucking rollover. Brutal. But uh, that does not happen. They get they get back to Mission Control. That's got to be Fox bullshit, man. Like, it's such a dumb scene. They Yeah, the whole reason this went over budget, I, I have not looked into any of this, but it has to be like, they wanted some epic shit, <laughs> I think. 
this bitch shows up with a major head wound and they're like, go ahead and land the shuttle. That's fine. You got this. I will say she, she does a good job like convincing me of her, of her proficiency. Ab- absolutely. I'm just saying the, the ludicrousness of her showing up with a gashed oh. head wound. Oh yeah. <laughs> Once she's back in mission control, she's like goofy when she's out of, out of there, when she's driving around and like flopping on the dirt outside of her rolled over car. Once she gets back there, all right, I'm convinced she seems to know her shit. She seems to uh, take charge very quickly. Yes, for sure. We got some problems here. We do. We're not. Yeah, we have um, one of the one of the men here says um, this. There's some sort of digital processor, and it's being interfered with. And he surmises that could only be happening locally. I believe is the gist of this. One of my other bullet points. Correct. He. Um, Basically, the, the, the orbit of the shuttle can't turn. So this is one of the things I know a tiny bit about. Not much at all. Hey, real quick, not an astronaut. But when you're in space, right, like the sun warms whatever it touches. There's no vacuum there. There's no air. I'm sorry. There is a vacuum. There's no air to disperse the heat. So whatever. No matter. Touches, no matter, right? In no between. matter. Right, there's no matter to disperse to. So the sun hits the side of the orbiter. It, it's heating up incredibly. Um, the shuttle cannot roll. It's not rolling. So instead of, instead of rolling and continually dispersing that heat into the vacuum of space, um, it is like overheating on one side and it's essentially cooking the astronauts. Correct. It's a, yeah. So that's their problem. Um, and the... There's something about telemetry, that word. I don't really, I don't it's know. It's a good the, word. I don't know the definition of telemetry. It's just like, <laughs> those, like space words. Yeah, telemetry. Telemetry. Right? I think it's just some kind of communications thing. Yeah, but what they're saying is that they can't, they can't um, control it from ground station and they're being blocked. So, and, and uh, some nerd fucking tech is saying that it's being blocked locally. That they can like the the uplink, there's some sort of there's some sort of block or some sort of disturbance, some sort of whatever that's causing them to not be able to control it and it's because of a local interference. So Mulder and Scully Maybe you should just check her instrument again though. This cause she may be concussed. No 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 no. <laughs> no? You gotta root around the databanks. Alright, let's do that. Let's head down there with our pistols drawn. No. See what we can dig up. Because there might be a saboteur down there. Trainee Martin. Let's get back to brass tacks. Okay? I know you haven't been in this situation before. Why would you? You've never been down to NASA. So wait, wait, wait. Are you asking me to play two roles? You want to be Space Ghost Teenager? <laughs> I'm happy <laughs> about Space Ghost. Right now, you're Trainee Martin. And you are in the thick of it. I'm, and, watching, uh, I'm watching space shuttles get launched. Well, space shuttles are already launched, but right now you are tasked with securing the data banks of NASA, of the Houston Mission Control Center. And uh, you're concerned that this there might be a saboteur, there might be someone in the facility that is blocking this. So first of all, as you enter the facility, what is your weapons posture? Um, I probably... I'm very careless with my muzzle. I probably hold the pistol one-handed and uh, make sure that 
any time I turn my body to the left or to the right that I'm passing my muzzle across the back of my partner. That way, if I accidentally discharge my weapon, I paralyze or kill her. Um, and she gets disability for life. And then I become an alcoholic and die probably at about 49 from um, a combination of fentanyl, Advil, and sleep aids because of what I did to Scully. You, you've summarized it very well. The, 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 the word, what you want to remember is 90 degrees is nice. Okay? It's real nice. You punch your elbow at a 90 degree angle. <laughs> like That's a Tim Curry best. villain, right? <laughs> Correct. If you, a great training, a great training aid is to watch a Bond movie. Mm-hmm. The villain hold that pistol. Yeah. 90 degrees is nice. Just remember that. Just kind of repeat that in your mind. As that's my mantra, man. That's your mantra. That's what you want to remember. Now, okay, you're good. Your weapons posture is correct. 90 degrees is nice. You're moving through. Okay, you find a unknown individual. He's in the databanks. He has access. Normally, you- this is where I'd open fire and then check for his ID. That's he probably not the right answer. Immediately, he tells ah. you he works there. He does. Mm-hmm. Well, how do I know he's telling the truth? Because he has a clipboard. He told you he's kind of portly. Okay. And he told you he worked there. He and doesn't look like his name is Asalawi. He looks like a nerd, and he's white. Ah, he's white. I put my gun away and invite him over. Okay, good job for okay. dinner. Her, the threat is alleviated. <laughs> he is fine to continue whatever he's doing in there and yeah. now move on. Okay. Awesome. I'm pumped about this. Right. I think I'm going to be the fucking, I'm, I think I'm going to be the director. You're going to be a great agent. I think so. You are going to make a great agent. I would have felt really bad if I shot that white man by accident. <laughs> you should. So. Fortunately, you saw, you saw that he was harmless. I did. As soon as he stepped out of the shadows, I thought to myself, well, he doesn't have a pen or a ledger book and he's not in a courtroom or standing behind a podium on Fox or CNN or pick your poison. So how much of a threat can he actually be to me? (laughs) Not much. (laughs) So that's what they find. They find portly guy. He's fine. And then they go back to Michigan Control. And uh, who's there? (laughs) Guess who's coming through Dean there? <laughs> I kind of like Belt here. Yeah, he's badass. He's like, I buy his like stress. I buy his like dis like the crux of the decision he's having to make. Mm-hmm. And I kind of see like, all right, like maybe this isn't the right thing. Maybe, but like he's he's making this hard call. He tells them to go off to Lemtree. They're going to fly by wire. Fly by wire. Fly by wire. Which sounds cool and sexy. It sounds very sexy. Yep. It's a semi-auto, I guess you'd say. Right. Kind of. Essentially, and and how this translates into um, TV show is they're just (laughs) going to shut off communication. And those dudes up there are going to control the spacecraft. So not really flying by wire. Um, but they're flying by wire. Don't worry about it. All right. Don't worry about it. We got this. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so they shut it off and, uh, Michelle is obviously very nervous. Her husband's up there. Sure. Makes sense. She is also very upset about this whole decision by belt. 
Right. But things, uh, there's this pause, it comes back online, and more or less everything's alleviated. There's these clears, chaps, mission control, everything is great. Correct. Problem is solved. Hell yeah. They're back online, they rotate the shuttle, everything's fucking good. Yep. Cheers, clapping. Lots of clapping out of Mulder, man. He's never clapped so much in his life in, as Mulder. fucking enthused. It's great. He's pumped. Everybody's clapping. I'm going to clap with me. Haven't you ever wanted to just clap with Mission Control a little bit? Tell the truth. Dude, I would love to be Mission Control. Hell yeah. Just oh. clapping. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Russians. Right? Yeah. Roger that, Houston. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. And then we see this weird sequence of belt, Colonel Belt, right, in the bathroom. Yeah. Splashing water on his face and staring at the mirror like he doesn't recognize himself. Yeah, I guess. Who are you? I guess. So again, if you're a space ghost here and you're possessing Colonel Belt, what's your motivation? That's a great. (laughs) You're the. Whoa, wait a second. You're the director. (laughs) You're terrible at directing. I have to come up with my own motivation for the shoot. Who's yeah. running this shit? I'm calling my agent. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, what is my motivation? I don't know. If I want the space program to fail, why am I terrorizing this man? Well, it's Colonel Belt. Mm-hmm. But he's already done his thing. Mm-hmm. I, guess, I guess here's my point. I think the ghost is not very discriminant in the timing of its attacks. Do you see what I mean? You think it's like a willy-nilly ghost? Yeah, he's being really willy-nilly about his attacks. Like, let's attack this chick and flip her car over. Let's attack him after he successfully commands these guys to do what they need to do to survive. Like, if you could just possess anybody, wouldn't wouldn't you just kind of blow up every ship that's taken off? Yeah, I mean, if you could possess everybody, we don't know if that's the case, but it, but it's possible that I would imagine that you would be more subtle in your sabotage of this thing, right? Uh, yeah. It seems really hard for one man to take down the space program. I think this is a fruitless attempt by the ghost. You think this is fruitless? <clears throat> if he, yeah, I don't think he can do it with one. With one ghost, you need a couple. You need a couple of ghost homies. One guy? I don't think one guy can kill that can terminate this entirety of the space program. Because well, look, because look at how he's affected outwardly. They're like, man, what's wrong with him? It's not going to be long before some doctor comes in and does the old "you're unfit" bullshit and gets him out of there. But I guess if you can jump bodies, you could definitely bring it down. But then you jump right back. That's what I'm saying. If you can jump around, can you jump around? I don't know. I kind of like. Would this be better if it was more of like a uh, fallen? <laughs> Like, right? I want Denzel. I want Denzel. Like, tag you're it. Um, yeah, it doesn't really make sense. It all. doesn't really make sense, does it? No, none of the plot makes sense. What is his press conference about? Lies from the white man? White man's lies? Yeah, I, I kind of like this. Just makes sense. There's sad face. Yeah. Right? You want to take it down a peg for him? You're like Scully. <laughs> Scully's, uh, what do you think about your hero? Huh? <laughs> it's so brutal. Just like fucking chiding him. Brutal. Right? Huh? Yep. So he puts out a line of bullshit saying, hey, they're resting up. Full day of space tomorrow. Damn it, Mulder says. He gulps. 
Without incident. After a beautiful night lunch, they perform magnificently. It's the best you've ever seen. It's the most terrific. And then they're like, ah, she kind of rolls her eyes and they all, yeah. I have to say one of my favorite uh, exchanges in this episode is Mulder confronting yeah. Colonel Belt yep. in, in the hallway. Yep. Because because it kind of like he cuts right to the chase. Right. Yeah. Belt is like, you want to know why I lied. Mm-hmm. He you tells him know if I would lie to you, too. Yep. Like, I mean, he he says the exact same things the audience would imagine. Yes. This is kind of cool. And and he explains it. He, he talks about Congress and politics and and how space used to be so exciting and how people used to cheer and they were the heroes. And, and now the only way to make headlines is failure. Mm-hmm. If something goes wrong. Yeah. Wow. I'm glad he's doing it for the science. <laughs> what a fucking hero. <laughs> fucking what a, what what a, a fucking guy. hero, this guy. I used to be in the paper like every fucking day. I don't care what I discovered. I want the chicks. <laughs> this fucking guy. What a hero. I used to be balls deep. In that <laughs> pussy. <laughs> Yikes. And well, five, five but, minutes later, he's drinking... Vodka out of a plastic bottle. <laughs> Classy. Dude, Colonel Pay? Colonel Pay. Colonel Pay, you're in a one bedroom suite drinking vodka out of a plastic bottle? I don't believe that. Yeah. I don't well, believe that. What else is he spending his money on? Right. Definitely not um definitely not companionship in, unless you include adolescent space ghosts. Because they're coming for him tonight. Like the fucking lost boys. Yeah. He uh, takes some vodka swigs and just kind of racks out, gets a little sweaty, and uh, we get back to these flashbacks. Yeah. And, like, again, we go back to the, the premise of the, of the episode. Sure, what's that? Is interesting. I... <laughs> you have an astronaut who had this, had this experience on a spacewalk. Mm-hmm. Right? That encountered something unknown, a spiritual kind of entity, I guess. Sure. I mean, that's more or less more or less what we see, right? Like that's that's Belt's experience. He encountered a, I <laughs> <laughs> uh, can't say it enough, a space ghost, coast to coast. Cut, 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 cut. <laughs> right into <laughs> his own goddamn face. <laughs> <laughs> It's so fucking stupid. It's so dumb. Oh my god. I can't. I just want a space ghost to drop fucking dialogue on us. Right? A space ghost? He he was on a spacewalk and a space ghost just fucking blasted into his face. Yeah. And then is going to spend. Doing what exactly? 30 years kind of discreetly semi sabotaging the human space program, really. Yeah. He's not, I would guess if the ghost had a conviction score one out of five, it's a solid one. <laughs> right? He's not. <laughs> right? That's what it is. He's just kind of like, eh. Yeah, I'm sure. He, he doesn't know. Sure he doesn't know. Oh, he yeah. keeps hearing about this space ghost character. You can never live up to it, man. Okay. That's what it is. He's just, you know. We got to feel for the space ghost. He's trying to find his footing in the universe. 
in the alpha quadrant. Sure. Sure. Okay. All right. All right. I'm getting back into it. I'm working my way in. Yep. So, uh, it looks like it leaves him because it's okay. making a beeline to the old, uh, shuttle. That's the thing here. He, he lies back in this bed. He has this little fucking vodka sweat incident and this, this ghost face like departs his body and literally flies outside the fucking hotel or whatever. Mm-hmm. Let's just say the ghost had a five. Let's say he had a five conviction. <laughs> he would probably go right to the shuttle and fucking destroy it by possessing one of those astronauts who are around many sensitive pieces of equipment that <laughs> keep them all alive. That's possible. Well, you're 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 a little on the nose, buddy. Yeah, whoopsie. You're a little on the nose. <laughs> we needed to get our FBI agents involved in this clusterfuck of a non X Files episode. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, things yeah. are uh, things are getting weird. Things are going screwy. Things are screwy. Um, we get back to Mission Control, right? Yep. Uh, there's a, a thump, the thump on the ship, and. Mm-hmm. and the uh, the nerds in the control set, and honestly, it's a decent set. By the way, we should mention that. Oh yeah, yeah. since they busted their budget on it, we should mention like <laughs> it's not Apollo thirteen, but it looks decent. Right. But still, wasted money. Wasted money. Wasted money. Um, kind there's of too late. Uh, O2 leak in the main tank. There's an astronomer in Canada that spotted the link, so we're assuming. That's a concern that this is going to go public soon. Yeah. Um, Mulder points out, as they're discussing this, right, in the control room, Mulder points out that this is exactly what happened to Colonel Belt's mission uh, during the Gemini. Yes. Gemini, I don't know, 8 or whatever. That he was whatever. Um, yeah, the Liquid O2 leak. Right. And uh, Michelle's taking over. She's she's a, you know, believable. Absolutely. Wife. Solid actress. Very believable when she kind of takes charge of everything. And she's basically saying, like, where the fuck's Colonel Belt? Somebody find him. And Mulder and Scully are like, we'll find him. That's our thing. And she's like, great. Go do that. So Go do X-Files stuff. Go do X-Files Instead stuff. of applauding our successes. Right. Um, so they depart and do that as... as um, they got 30 minutes, by the way. So that's there's a time crunch here. Well, they have no idea how much time they have left because they have no idea the, the extent of the oxygen leak. All they know is that there is a 30-minute reserve. That's right. So uh, Mulder and Scully depart <laughs> to go to the hotel. Sure. That- that the colonel lives in? Hmm. Yeah? He lives in a hotel? I guess. Yeah, okay. So they go there. They knock on the door. Uh, and he eventually answers and says, uh, he wasn't really feeling very well. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm kind of under the weather, boys and girls. Yeah. Just, uh, you look it, pal. Looks like shit. Yeah. Well, doesn't have a gaping head wound, so he's a step above the... Uh, the lowest common denominator. Um, Who's very sublime considering her, her rollover. <laughs> Quite lucid, as it were. Really taking charge. 
he uh, he does uh, make his way back to Mission Control. He immediately wants to know about the leak. Looks like he's got the boo sweats. Yeah, I would. Uh, that's a hard yes. I've seen that. I've been there. And <laughs> uh, you should not be making any kind of decisions, especially about the lives of astronauts. Sure. Uh, you look like shit, bro. Mm-hmm. But he's immediately, he kind of like assesses things and then he's like, felt and orders. Like, all right. Yep. Y'all need to get uh get in your get in your spacesuits. Yep. Vent, vent out. Depressurize. Depressurize. Vent out the atmosphere. We're gonna recharge the O2, and we're gonna get back to the mission. So this is what this is what like this is our second of three beats of like him saying like rescuing them from a near death experience, but going back to like go back to your mission. But the mission. Right is is it's kind of an unknown thing. Yeah, deliver your payload. Right, deliver payload. Put a satellite out there. Whatever. It doesn't matter exactly what it is. What matters is that it's not a life or death thing, and that he's he's kind of showing up to save their lives. Right, like to to give the correct information to to prevent them from fucking dying, but then telling them to instead of like playing it safe and coming back fucking home or like doing whatever to say like, all right, now carry on and, uh, spit out that fucking Comcast satellite. Pretty important. Definitely yeah. worth their lives. I would say for sure. Because I'll tell you what, if I can't get my fucking email, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah. How many astronauts do I got to personally shoot into space to get my shit? Cause I will do that. How many challengers do I need to blow up to get my Twitter feed going? Josh. Two and a half. All right. Done. Two and a half. Ugh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Congress comes back into the shit. But uh he um he kind of uh, lays a smackdown, doesn't he? Yeah. On our girl. Oh yeah. He he calls her right out. Yeah. Basically tells her she's compromised. Don't tell me how to do <laughs> 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 Your judgment is compromised. You are relieved. <laughs> You're relieved, ma'am. You're relieved. I stand relieved. No, I cry. Sorry. I mean, it would almost be better if it was that explicit, but instead it's kind of like oblique. And instead they weaken her fucking character. And I'm not doing any 2018 shit, um, but she was like a strong character. And then she really she, was. Then she runs out of the control room crying. And you're mm-hmm. like, really? Yeah. Dude, you just took charge of a NASA mission. After twice. after a rollover, it cannot be overstated. Twice. You saved the fucking day. At least you've stabilized things. And now you are going to run out in the hallway and cry? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's a little, uh, that's a little weak. It's weak. I wish you would have just said, you know what? Uh, fucking Atlantic Bell can wait on their satellite. <laughs> what are you doing here, sir? But he has a great point. He has been up there. He does have a bit of a frame of reference here that perhaps she doesn't understand, which a strong character would say, understood. You are correct. Yeah. But, but here's my point. Strong right. way. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and not sob in the hallway. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Real- not saying it's impossible. I mean, you know, people cry. But come on, dude. What we've seen so far, it just, it, it's just, it's astronaut mission fucking commanders or like deputy mission commanders, do they cry? I don't know. 
I don't think they do. Are they robots? I hope. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, Mulder and Scully go after her because they're people. And she's yeah. saying they're going to die. And what do people do? In a, in a dire situation, Dean, when everything is up against it and time is of the essence, what do you do? Can I tell you something? I'm going to tell you something right now. Look through 200,000 files. Just listen for me real quick. Sorry. Okay. Go ahead. There's a hallway. This moment is, in a, is a metaphor for the entire episode. They are essentially whistling Dixie. Which means they're engaging in pointless behavior, right? <laughs> they run into a hallway to go emotionally calm this unstable woman folk who got talked down to by the scary patriarchal man, right? So they run into the hallway to calm her down, showing you exactly how necessary they are to the completion of this entire episode that NASA can handle without them. They what just, the would they be necessary for an NASA they're, mission? They're not. They're that's not. My, that's my point. Oh my god, it's so fucking stupid. Anyway, what does Scully say? He can't deliver the payable. Congress is going to kill it. Oh, and you think killing those astronauts is going to have the same effect? Look, Mulder, I think somebody must have sabotaged well, well, the space. That's a great line by Mulder. It is. It's a great line by Mulder. Be like, um, yeah, if you kill astronauts, that's. That's as bad as, like, losing money. Of course. Like, killing fucking three or four astronauts, that's not good for PR either. It's not like, oh, yeah, we'll do that instead of losing money. That's a <laughs> there great is, point. There's a ton of money to be lost in dead astronauts, not just in lives, but the educations and all that shit, all that time. And Well, not just the money, but they're talking about PR. Like, how Correct. bad NASA Correct. look if you fucking kill all your astronauts? Pretty terrible. <laughs> Yeah, pretty bad. Yep. Um, and their response is to do what? Go look at some screens. To look at micro. To, to, to Danny Fauci's point, to find the binder labeled "sabotage of shuttle." Yes. I think it's in a black cabinet Ugh. labeled "top secret." Like there is like a critical time sensitive possible sabotage, possible conspiracy, but. You don't know, and they're just going to, like, dig through files. Uh-huh. Just dig through it. They get the nerd back that they failed to murder earlier. Yeah, grab that guy. Definitely they, grab that guy. But they should have. No, they got him. Did they yeah. really? Yeah, he helps them look through the computers. <laughs> oh, really? That's <laughs> not even a joke, man. <laughs> I didn't even see That's him. before they go to Bindertown. Oh, fuck. Bindertown is after the nerd they failed to murder. Mm-hmm. And that's when we see some imagery, uh, some pretty haunting imagery of uh, the uh, the piece of equipment that went tits up on the Challenger, which we then learned Belt was a part of too. That was it. Well, it was an O-ring, and they, they see that that X-ray was ordered by Belt yep. a week before the Challenger mission launched. So essentially, they're showing that, okay, Belt ordered this X-ray, knew about the fault, and then... You know, we're, we're assuming that like he gave the go-ahead for the mission anyway. I love that part of this episode, tying yes. him back to shit that actually happened is fucking cool. That's very cool. Hey, thanks for ruining my dreams, Louder. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for making my teachers yeah. all cry. 
<laughs> can you imagine that? Can you imagine somebody knowing about that? Like, that's a real thing. Like, Hell yeah. That traumatic, like, I mean, that's more or less, I mean, not to compare it to something, but, I mean, almost as traumatic as 9-11. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, a, as far as a live experience that, like, Americans watched. And, yeah. You know, like, Challenger was fucking crazy, man. Yeah. Like, you, you saw it. I did. 9-11 was definitely way fucking crazier. But well, of course. But that I, was a, that was a weird one. That's a quick side tangent. That was one of those where I was like, I I was living with my buddy Chris in New Bedford, Mass. And I got up one day and I was like, then we had we just put the news on and we're like, what the fuck? I thought I was like, what is this? Like old old school footage from the bomb that went off and the whatever. And then I saw that it said live and I was like, what the fuck? Like it it was one of those that I kind of stumbled on. The the Challenger thing had all this setup to it, which is what made it so shitty when you're ten, which is like, hey, everyone gather around. <laughs> like that's so fucked up. But obviously you can't really compare the loss, just the mass loss of life and the the global effect of nine eleven. But anyway. Yeah, of course, and maybe it's a, a silly comparison. But I get what you're saying. It's <laughs> it's a it's a in terms yeah. of like a, a live tragedy that was watched by like a, a bulk of america you know like it, that's a crazy event man like it was mm-hmm. nuts yep and 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 to to kind of show that connection to that like that's kind of cool and and like more believable than 9-11 because it's a love of a smaller scale right yep something you can wrap your head around in right a, in a single episode here Right, and especially once it comes later, like for a newer audience, like there's there's shit they say which is like right down to the T of like what happened to um, fuck what was it the Columbia, right? Yeah, back in uh, two thousand eight or nine. Yeah, I, you're testing my knowledge, and I don't when know it. When they start talking about the tiles, the damaged tiles, that right. is what happened to the Columbia. Yep. What year was that? Early 2000s? Two, I think it was 2008 or nine. Yeah. 2003, says the internet. Holy shit. Really? <laughs> Crazy. Wing damage from debris, man. God damn. Um, anyway, yeah, so we get this this whole tie back to the, to, to the Challenger, the damage O-ring, Belt knew about it. He ordered the mission to go ahead anyway. Um, Michelle is... is trying to kind of like take control of things, Mulder and Scully are doing this research and then Belt loses his fucking mind. Loses his mind. You know why? Pretty much literally. Yeah, do you know why? Because <laughs> um, he's trying to follow the plot of the episode. Because the writers are like, don't know what to do with this. What have we, what have we done? Yeah, that's really... What have we done? Let's just, just, can he scream and act and shit? I mean, we're paying the guy. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Ed Lauder, it's a good point, by Daniel Falsch, um, vodka. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But there really isn't like, there really isn't like a... His blood pressure is 174. Damn, dude, you're going to blow up. (laughs) Well... That's up there. But, Dean... (laughs) That's high, dude. Vodka. Yeah, man. Well, you know, drinking will do that to you. So will space ghosts. In <laughs> tremendous guilt for blowing up many astronauts. Yeah. So, Belt is out. 
Michelle's got this whole fucking thing. Um, he's losing his mind. Mulder and Scully are... Now this is their time to shine. They're going to be like the fucking communicator, right? Jesus that, Christ. That have to pass... Essentially, all they do is pass the fucking message along. Correct. That, that's their role. That's their grand role in this entire episode. Is for Belt... For Mulder to say, like, what, what do we have to do? What do we have to do to bring him home? Safe? Good Lord. And he says, set the green triangle 35 degrees. <laughs> I think that's exactly what he says. <laughs> it sounded just like him. Something so that's, uh, that's the move. Okay. So they run back to the control center. This guy's got, by the way, a very tumultuous life here. I mean, this guy crashes out. To the point where these guys decide that they're going to blast him with a crash cart. But then he's awake again and talking because medicine. Yeah, sure. But you didn't think he was going to die. When you saw the must- when you saw the paramedic with the mustache show up, you knew he wasn't dying. Oh, mustache authority. He's fine. He wasn't dying. <laughs> he's fine. Did you catch a look at that mustache man's hairdo? Uh, it's really 90s. Yeah. It's I like a flop, it. a little shavy thing in the back. It's really weird. Nice. Yeah, it's not good. I mean, I was confident enough in the mustache to know that things would be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next time you get a chance, look at the back of his head when they're wailing out louder. You might throw up. So Mulder accomplishes his only task in this episode is to run back to Mission Control yep. and to convey the message of Colonel Belt to Melissa because God forbid she has to make an important decision on her own. <laughs> she, she couldn't figure it out. We had to get it from louder. Right. To justify paying for him in this episode. Sets the degrees and uh, we get this moment of tension because she she like kind of like, oh, uh, well, that that's a whole different landing place. Like, we don't even know. Like, Albuquerque, we don't even know. Hey, are, are we clear to land in Albuquerque? And like some fucking nerd is like, oh, blah, 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 blah. Yes, we're good for Albuquerque. And she conveys like, hey, change your reentry trajectory to 35 degrees. And then they're in blackout. And here's our tension, tension, way to be, way to be, way to be. And they land, and it's fine. Yep, it sure is. <laughs> That's your fucking episode. That's a good one. And then uh, Ed Lauder throws himself out of a, ho- of a hospital window. That's good. And takes Space Ghost with him. I guess. Because the Space Ghost. If you kill your temporal body, he dies too. <laughs> I read that somewhere. Yeah, I feel like our coverage of this episode made as as little sense as the episode itself did. Well, you can't turn chicken shit into chicken salad, I'm afraid. Mm, you cannot turn oatmeal into gold. He gave his own life, though. He's a hero, and he's remembered as such. Walter says he's a fucking hero. <laughs> he does. He does. <laughs> this is the most sympathetic motherfucker on the planet. Yep. Walter. They're going to fucking send him off. Yeah, and those, the fucking, you like how the uh, blue, the blue angels, you know, the U.S. Navy blue angels, <laughs> overflew the fucking Air Force dude's fucking funeral because, because stock footage and we ran out of budget. The fucking show went out of budget for this episode. Crazy. It's bad. That's bad. Really bad, dude. Daniel Waltz is telling me to watch this episode again. I think he's being sarcastic. I'm telling you, I'm not. Yeah, 20 people at this great man's funeral. Yeah, 
Dude, that's a great point by Danny Falch. Yep. Um, Scalder and Mully, I did it. It's okay. Mulder and Scully are in the front row of the funeral. Like they're they're right there. There's no one else in front of them. And we we've seen he has no wife or kids, but like there's no one that cares about this guy. A colonel in the Air Force that's like the head of NASA, like their current space program. I don't, I don't know what his title is. It's, but like, it's wholly unbelievable. You don't have anybody. You don't have anybody that's kind of there caring about you. You know, all your fucking brethren that have like served with nope. you. And nah, nah. The two FBI agents you just met. You get to see Jenneru's husband. They're there. That guy's got a mustache on him, though. I guess he does, yeah. He's, he's a goose. He looks goosey, doesn't he? He looks goosey. Except for the broken neck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. This is a bad episode. It's not good. I don't know if we did it justice, because I don't know how you do a bad X-Files episode justice. You kind of just talk about it. Yep. I think you're right, dude. So we did that. Uh, are there any actual? I don't think there's any comments on it. Are there? Oh, there are comments. Oh boy. Yeah. That's shocking. To be perfectly frank. You got nothing? I got a. Couple. Oh 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 yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I. Do you got one ready? I I do. I'm of course gonna read uh, <laughs> Carmelita. No, oh, you got it. <laughs> the fucking ever positive, the beacon of hope and light, Carmelita. Valdez McCoy. She says, looking forward to hearing you boys talk it out. So here's the thing. Watching Mulder have a fanboy moment when he meets the astronaut he idolizes as a child is adorable. The premise of the alien entity piggybacking on said astronaut's consciousness had promised, but if I were going to race Space Ghost overall, she put a wonderful Ren and Stimpy uh, cartoon shot, and it says, Mr. Horse says, no, sir, I don't like it. So the Ren and Stimpy is strong. Strong play. Very strong. Strong play. Who do you got? Um... I gotta go with Danny Faults here. He's nice. in the chat, he's been very active. Um, I have questions. So many questions. If the engines <laughs> want to keep us from space, why make sure payload was launched? Could Scully give less of a fuck about NASA? <laughs> it beats Icy Cape Alaska from last week, Scully. What are the odds <laughs> mission control lady drives nine hundred miles in an adult diaper to confront her husband yes. with a side piece in that seventies muscle? Hell yes. Good pull. Good pull. This episode is just such a convoluted fucking mess. Yep. It's really bad, dude. Here's my final thoughts. It doesn't make sense. Mm -mm. It's an interesting premise. Like, I think the premise itself is interesting. That, like, an astronaut had this spacewalk experience and, like, touched something. Like, something came into him. And then he became part of, like, NASA and, like, that was a part of him and like this weird like thing where like he like some of the decisions he made were like maybe out of his control and like ties back to like oh my god somebody knew about challenger like that that in and of itself is like really fucking fascinating but the way they portray it is so fucking goofy (laughs) it's so goofy it's so stupid it just doesn't make any sense and if you actually, like, try to think of, like, okay, what are the Space Ghost motivations? It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. 
It's an interesting premise. It fails entirely on launch. No pun intended. Um, and uh, it's just kind of a, well, I guess it's a, it's a casualty of X-Files exploring itself and probably some Fox pressure and uh, trying to find its way. But, you know, we know it'll find its way out of it. That's what I got. It's, uh, they should have just moved away from all the mission control shit and given them more FBI type of things to do relating to, you open it with a cool mission control sequence and then you get your touched astronaut and then that's, that's what that becomes. Get away from the rest of the space shit and into something our FBI agents can actually fucking do. Not standing around mission control and looking through binders. It's just silly. And make the, and make the goddamn ghost make sense. (laughs) I challenge you right now, real quick before we wrap up, tell me three things that Mulder and Scully do in this episode. That they they emotionally <laughs> Yeah, yeah. They emotionally console the woman. Okay, that's emotions are not in effect. <laughs> they, well, if they lead to her performing her job better. Right? Mm, okay. Touch and go. Touch and go. Half credit. Half credit. That's point point five, two and a half to go. Um they search for it doesn't have an effect though see the have an effect caveat means they don't really do anything no because without them it ends the same way oh they relay the 35 degree information that's the most important thing they do that's fucked up that's so fucked up that's the most important thing they do they play a telephone game Yep. They're like 35 degree down bubble. Yeah. 100, 160 feet. Hide from the Russians. Um, okay, Josh. Loved it. Liked it. Didn't like it. Hated it. Tough one. I didn't like it. No, me neither. I didn't like it, I think. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. It's tough I, to say I hated it. Come on. No. He hated it. Didn't like it. Didn't like it. Don't want to watch it ever again. Yeah, could could go without it. Forever. I yes. could go without it forever. Yes. Like if, if you Dean, if, if tomorrow like you were like, hey, I want to meet up with you um tomorrow evening and talk to you about some things, and then you turned out to be a vampire and you embraced me. Okay. And we were immortal suddenly and we decided to keep doing this show. I would still. This sounds like never, quite the gay fantasy. We'll I keep would going. <laughs> never want to watch this episode again. Yeah, I mean, with with eternity in front of us, <laughs> <laughs> with eternity in only a, a finite amount of of time That's of those episodes, I would never revisit this one. Danny Fouch summarizes it nicely by saying, "Can't hate Mulder Puppy Crush." Yeah, I guess that's. That's why it's a don't like and not a hate, Danny, I think. Yeah, yeah. It is cute. His his enthusiasm for NASA is both believable and appropriate and kind of endearing. Indeed. What do we got next? Not next week, but in two weeks. Every other week, remember, we're back on that. We got Fallen Angel. We got Fallen Angel. We're getting Max Fennig. Yeah, we're getting um, getting Deep Throat again. We're getting deep throat. We're getting right back to uh, the heart of uh, early mythology 
fucking alien shit. Yep, I don't remember it, so I'm looking forward to it. Max Fennig, man, I remember this very well, and I like it a lot. I'm excited to talk about it. And I will drop a little teaser that I am uh, I'm going to be asking, not the next episode, but the following one, I might be seeking out a guest on this episode. Two, two episodes out. On which episode? Eve. Oh, you might ask Jessica to do that one. How come you want her to do that one so specifically, I wonder? Because it's creepy fucking murder. <laughs> <laughs> it's creepy serial killer murder girls. I'm sure she'd love to join us. Yeah. So um, we will be back with you in two weeks to talk about um, Max Fennig and all the other wonders of Fallen Angel. Some uh, Predator Vision. Do you remember that shit? I do. Oh, you're going to remember it. And we'll be back in two weeks with that. Two weeks later, we may or may not have a special guest. And uh, until then, Dean, Space Ghost, Coast to Coast, what do you have to say? If you're ever out there in the great unknown expanse of the universe and you see a really terrible graphic white ghost flying at your face, just remember, it's going to be mildly annoying. It probably won't do anything much to impact your life, except for the part where you jump out of a window and kill yourself. Good night.